If you'd bear with me for a few minutes, maybe you have Snapchat on the phone. Uh, I think you probably won't even know what I'm about to say, but for most of you mature community listening to me, you might remember the days. Now, when I grew up, and we wanted to watch TV such as MASH. Uh, I know it was, it was John and Vince, my dad and my brother, that they loved to watch Baywatch. It was the David Hasselhoff running down the beach. David Hasselhoff, you know what I mean? Um, uh, we all know it was Pamela Anderson running down the beach and it was probably more my brother than my dad because he's holy. And, and see, we would watch these shows such as WWF. I remember on Friday night, WWF would come out and the ultimate warrior, he would was my favorite, my brother's favorite was Hulk Hogan. Uh, there was the, 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 the Rockers, there was the Bushwhackers. There's series and shows that were on like MASH and here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Back in those days, whenever you wanted to watch something that came up on TV, you couldn't come late, you couldn't watch it later, you actually had to be in front of the TV at the time that it was being played. Like, like if you were five minutes late, you missed the first five minutes, you couldn't rewind, you couldn't go back. And here's one of the worst things some of you won't even believe. We actually had to sit through the commercials so that we didn't miss anything. There was no fast forward. There was no skip to the next episode. I say that to say in this generation, probably over the course of the last week, maybe two weeks of being in lockdown, I'm sure many of you have already uh, uh, binge watched some Netflix series. I admitted to the community that I did my first binge watching uh, of a series. I would call it a study for the background of Christian theology. Um, but I watched this, and, and what I learned about being a Netflixer or binge-watching is, is you can actually skip commercials. Like when you get to the end of one episode, you can push skip to the next episode, and then when the next episode begins, you can push skip intro. So in a period of about two seconds as something ends and you wonder, I wonder what this happens in the next episode, you can already be watching it. Why do I say that is to make this point. We've gone from a generation who had a little bit of patience, who understood that we had to wait, to now being, and I quote what people are calling this generation, is the on-demand generation. So when it comes to God, there is this frame of God should be an on-demand God. But this morning, as we come into our living rooms, as we gather all around the Gold Coast, wherever you're at, maybe you're watching this from all around the world, I want to remind you that our God is not, in fact, an on-demand God. Uh, someone even is quoted, in fact, we could even assume rightly that God is not created for us, but we are created to serve God. And so I want to take you on a little bit of a journey and unpack this. I gave you a little bit of insight into where we're going in this series. But now as we move forward and we start to look at this, I want to remind you of this thought again. God doesn't exist to serve us, but we exist to serve Him. It's important that we have a complete picture and an understanding of the relationship we have with God. Because right now, Many of us could feel let down that God hasn't lifted restrictions. 
Why hasn't God removed COVID from this earth? Why hasn't God intervened while my family's been sick? Why can't I get out of lockdown earlier? Why can't I get away from uh, the, the, the mask theory? Why can't I just do what I want? Why isn't God intervening now? See, the truth is our God is not an on-demand God. You will hear me weekly talk about the God that is the God of Matthew 6.33, the God that says, seek me first, my kingdom and my righteousness, and everything will be added unto you. He doesn't say instantly on demand, everything will be added unto you. He said, make it a priority in your lifestyle to prioritize me, my kingdom and my righteousness, and throughout life, everything will be added unto you. He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you in the book of James. If our God is not an on-demand God, then who is our God? I've got three thoughts for you today before we finish. The first thought that I have for you, if our God is not an on-demand God, what three qualities make up just today, just three of the many qualities, the God that we do serve and the God that we do love. The first thought that I have for you is our God's heart is always loving. If my God is not an on-demand God, if God is not intervening, if God is not healing right now when I pray, when I lay hands on, when I'm believing for it, what's going on? I want to tell you, friend, our God's heart is always loving. The Bible says in Romans 8 verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The Bible says, shall trouble, shall hardship, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall, shall danger or shall sword. Let me rephrase this. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall COVID, shall anxiety, shall depression, shall insecurity, shall having to wear a mask? No, the Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. John 3.16 expresses God's love for us in such a way that he was willing to give his one and only son. For God loved the world, he gave his one and only son. For whoever believed in him, the Bible says, will not perish but have everlasting life. We have a God that is not an undermined God, but we have a God that loves us. You know, I think right now, Uh, As we are speaking, Chrissy is at home, and I know this is Sunday morning as you're watching, and because of COVID and restrictions and the way we're doing things, we're recording this a little bit early. But right now, my beautiful wife, she's at home, and she's trying to teach an eight-year-old. She's trying to teach a six-year-old while she's looking after a three-year-old. I know you're all thinking I'm a terrible parent. I'm not there. I'm here speaking to you the Word of God, so that gives me a, a pass for at least the next 45 minutes as well as having a three-year-old, excuse me, a five-month-old at home. And I think about where we're at right now with this week. And there are certain things as a parent my kids can do, and I've shared this before, like my son could probably burn my house down and I will still pull him close to me and I will still love him because he is my son. Uh, My son could trip over and hurt his knee and I will grab him and I will pull him close and I will love him. But there are some things as a parent when your children does something that you 
even though you still love them, have to allow them to learn the mistake. There are some things that kids do, whether it's Hunter saying, hey, Dad, can you bring me the usual, which means he wants peanut butter on toast, where now during COVID I'm saying, son, get your butt off the couch and go get the usual yourself. Uh, I still love my son and I still kind of desire to go and get him that. His mother probably would. But the deal is, because I love him, I want to empower him to start to learn for himself. And I think sometimes we think that God is an on-demand God. And if God doesn't respond to my request on demand, it means that God doesn't love me. But I want to tell you that's far from the truth. If we were to take scripture a little bit further, further, reading from Romans chapter 8, verse 37 and verse 39, you would see what it says here. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. I, I, I want to read this again. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, when I think about this and I think about this idea of an on-demand God, a God removing COVID, a God removing disease from the world, and that's not to undermine or to diminish the fact that people are sick and people are in a place where they need a desperate miracle. You know, I think about this thought and this context and I think at the end of the day, God proved his love for us, as I said before. The ultimate sign of God's love is that even before you and I were born and created, God sent his only son to die to pay the price so that we could walk in right relationship with a loving God. You know, the second thought that I have for you as we come around to this idea of an on-demand God, uh, enabling us to walk victorious, at least as we move into the next week, the second thought, if God is not an on-demand God, uh, then who is God? God is a God whose ways are always higher. You know, I, I have to be honest with you, I've been asked many times as a pastor, even as a young pastor coming into ministry, uh, Pastor Justin, how come? And I'll just use the name. I remember as a young adult leader, the first incident that I had to deal with uh, was a young man by the name of Brian. He was very close to me. I spent hours in palliative care playing video games with him, laid hands on him, anointed him with oil, prayed for him, had his, himself and his partner over to our house and the question came from our community, Justin, how come God hasn't healed? I remember even recently one of our pastors, one of my close friends passed away and the question came from some of our community, well, where's God in that? What's going on? Even my own father-in-law, my best friend passed away and, and he fell and he hit his head and not just around negative situations, but where people are born or have miscarriages, the, the question comes and the truth is, I'm always honest, I don't know. I don't know and I don't understand. I have studied scripture and I've looked and I've spent uh, literally hours in the prayer closet saying, God, would you speak to me and give me an answer so that when I stand on the platform, when I stand in the hospital room, when I stand in a room full of people that are grieving, I've got something to say. But do you know what comes to my mind every time? The scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 54, it says this. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are 
Your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Even my thoughts, excuse me, my heart, let me come back. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, when I read this passage of Scripture, some people could say, hey, that's an easy get-out-of-jail-free card for a pastor. But I remember when Dr. Basher preached the other week, and she preached, and as I shared with you, our community, there were elements of what Dr. Basher said that proved to be personally within my world, my Abishai, things that I was struggling with, some ideas that I was like, God, what's going on here? And one of the things that she quoted in saying is, it's so easy for us as Christians to believe in eternal life. Like we all believe that we're going to walk down the streets of, of gold, gold that are paved with gold. We believe, and I heard one of our interns the other day say that she visited heaven in an angelic vision. And she said as she walked down the streets, the flowers were singing. She said everything was vibrating, giving glory to God. And, and that just opened up the, the wild expressions of my spirit. But as Dr. Basher was saying this, then she brought back, a home truth. She said, it's easy for us to think that we're going to heaven one day, but when it comes to living here and now and thinking about our tomorrow and our today and our circumstances, we totally lack the faith that we have when we believe in eternity. And that's when I come back to that scripture in Isaiah chapter 54, and I believe this is really what God is saying through this. And if we understand that if we're living right now for an eternal purpose, then regardless of what's going on today, regardless of what conspiracy, what injection needs to be taken, what disease is coming, and I'm not minimizing or undermining that, but this is what I know about our God, the God who created the heavens and earth. I love that God created time outside of time. I I love that God created the boundary lines uh, for the oceans to come to. I love that God created night and day. I love that he separated the continents. This is what my God said. He says, guys, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This isn't just a cop out of saying, hey, I don't understand why things happen and this is my answer. But when I read this, the truth is what I see in this. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. You know, I just believe that God's got things under control. And I believe that my responsibility, in the same way I would assume that your responsibility is to walk in a relationship with God, that each day we endeavor to get closer in intimacy with him, knowing that this isn't just about living a life until we die and then we transition. This is about living an eternal life as a Christian here and now. The third thought that I have for you this morning as we finish up is if God is not an on-demand God, then what characteristic pastor can you tell me about God? Friend, I want to tell you, that a character of God's presence, or let me say it like this, point three, God's presence is enough. God's presence is enough, not just because presence is the name on the building, because his presence, he promises to be with us. In a couple of weeks, we're going to unpack this touchy-feely God, the, uh, the cosmic God. The Bible says this in Psalms, verse 23 and 4, 
and only just last week we spoke about David. David was a character from the young uh, age of about 13, 14, where he was anointed with oil. He was responsible for looking after sheep. He was the young son of Jesse, of all of the brothers. He was the youngest that was ridiculed and belittled and, and put off to the side as someone who could never be the king. Even when he arrived on the battlefield to take on the giant for the first time, he was, he was insulted by his brother to the point where he became the king and then had to hide. And even when he was in a place of kingship, his own son came against him. This is someone who had gone through the highest highs and the lowest lows of life, but maintained this thought about God. In Psalm verse 23 and 4, most of us know the full extent of this psalm. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let me say that again, even though I walk through the darkest valley. I don't know what valley you're in today. I don't know what, well, I certainly know what lockdown you're in, but I don't know what mental space you're in. I don't know where your heart's at today. But David at the probably lowest of the low said, even though I walk through the darkest valley, he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Friend, I want to tell you today that God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Right now, wherever you're at, you're watching this. God is with you. God is listening. He is there. When I look further into this, I think about God and the promise of God being here with us. And I think about David as he says that, 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 that I know that God is with me through the pits, through the valleys, through the winds, even in the darkest of dark places. You know, sometimes things go dark. And I would go as far to say sometimes things need to go dark so that you can realize that in the dark, God is with you. So that when you're in the light, you still manage to give him the glory and the affirmation that he deserves because he's the one that puts us in a place where the light shines. Until God is all you have, you'll never realize that he is all you need. Let me say that again. Until God is all you have, you'll never realize that he is all you need. God, where are you? Some people are asking right now. God, how come you're not removing COVID? You could have moved, you could have fixed, you could have healed. You could have saved him. Where were you when my partner was passing away? Where were you when we were in palliative care? Where were you when my father-in-law fell down? See, here's the thing, we don't have the answers to that. But some truths that we know from the word of God is that he is always loving. Is that he is always thinking higher than we are, and his presence is always enough. You know, I want to finish up there, but I want to encourage some people right now. Right now, I think there are probably people, and I feel in my spirit, where you're, you're questioning where your future lies. You're actually probably thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. You're wondering if your business is going to succeed. You're thinking... Are we ever going to buy a house? I want to share a couple of testimonies with you. 
just recently, and I think they would not mind me sharing, but part of our family. Um, uh, in essence, Jordan's been part of my team um, indirectly for some time now and preached beautifully a couple of weeks ago sharing his testimony. Young Jordan and Jenna and their little uh, cute little curly-haired boy, Jai. And they told me they just recently bought a house, like literally at the time where you can't buy houses and they said they saw favour with a real estate agent and they, they were at an open home where there were 40 people. And what they did is they actually said to the lady, this is our budget, this is what we've got, we understand that. There's so many people here. And she said, guys, there's something about you. Uh, I haven't told anyone, but the house down the road is for sale. Jordan and Jenna, long story short, they went, they put the offer in. And as they were going, Jordan described the conversation and my paraphrasing might be a little bit different. But Jordan's words to me when Jenna said, how is it that we have favour in all these people? And Jordan said, isn't that what it is like to be a child of God? Our God's loving, our God's ways are higher, and His presence is enough. I want to encourage you today, have an expectation that God is going to intervene in a situation where it seems like there's no way out. It seems like there's no, no cure. It seems like something's not going to happen. I want to tell you how God will come through for you. Another testimony at this time last year. In fact, maybe a month earlier where COVID just went rampant, Pastor Chrissy and I, We've been looking for a house. In fact, for three years, we tried selling a house with four different real estate agents. We finally sold it for a low price. We thought, man, we're not going to be able to buy. We're not going to be able to do anything really amazing right now. We rented two different rental properties. And right when they announced COVID was beginning, a house popped up on the market. Chrissy, being the, the bargainer in our family, she said, I want you to go and offer this. So I reluctantly called. I said, mate, I'm a bit embarrassed. These are my words, but I'm actually going to offer uh, this price. It was $75,000 lower than the bottom asking price. It was offers over. I said, I'll give you $75,000 less. He called me back a week later and he said, if you can go up 10 grand, you've got a deal. Here's the thought for you, though. After 21 days and two and a half extensions of uh, not being able to get finance because the NAB uh, call centres closed down because of COVID, uh, the Lord led us in a different direction and within five days we had an unconditional loan. Right now the property is in the area where we bought our property. Uh, let me just extend this. After five years of believing for a miracle and a breakthrough, remember God's ways are higher than our ways. Just yesterday, as Chrissy and I were out in the backyard, it was playtime for our kids, morning tea, lunchtime. Uh, after they'd been doing schoolwork, they were on their swing set. I was cleaning the pool. We've got a large lawn that we mow. And I just said to Chrissy, I said, how amazing is it that during the time when the world is in pandemic, God comes through with a miracle for us. I want to say this to you today, whatever you're believing for, whatever you're hoping for, our God is not a God on demand. But our God is a God who is loving. Our God is a God whose ways are higher. And our God is a God whose presence is with you, regardless whether you feel it, whether you can smell it. And here's my encouragement for you, Presence Church. You can watch Stephen Furtick. You can watch Pastor Justin. You can watch Pastor Russell Evans. And you'll be encouraged and you'll be blessed. But I want to tell you the fruit, the transition, the change that will happen in your life in this season will come when you make an individual conscious decision to get into the Word of God, when you will open your Bible and you will start reading it. 
when you will get on your hands and knees and you will start praying and seeking God again. And when you will start to praise Him, the Bible says that we enter His gates with praise and His courts with thanksgiving. If you could add those three things to your morning schedule, your afternoon schedule, your daily schedule, it's like we've really got so much going on, we're too busy being sarcastic. We can add these things. I want to tell you, we will come out of COVID stronger. We will come out better. We will come out more full of the anointing and the presence and the hunger for the things of the Spirit of God. Guys, I've already gone longer than I intended to. Remember three things today. God is a God of love. Our God is a God whose ways are higher than our ways. And our God is a God whose presence is with you. I want to say, have be blessed. Have an amazing week. I want to pray right now for anyone right now that just that, that, that you're just saying, Pastor, I needed to hear that word. I want to pray that God would just release something fresh over your house, uh, over your situation, over your children, over your mum and dad, over your dog, whatever the case may be. So, Father, right now, God, I know that you're here with us. God, I thank you that you are a God of love. You displayed the ultimate sign of love by giving up your one and only son something I couldn't even fathom of doing. Father, I thank you that right now that for every person that is wondering and trying to work out the scenario, the situation, the plan, the future, I thank you for Matthew 6 verse 34 that says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has worries of its own. Who of you by worrying can add even an hour to their life? God, I thank you that today we can focus on today, knowing that your ways are higher. God, for every person that's listening and under the sound of my voice, I pray that your presence would fill the room. Father, I pray that you would just right now just drive out any sign of darkness, any sign of mental health, any demonic oppression. Right now, I declare it gone in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for a washing of the blood of Jesus from the top of people's heads to the bottom of their toes. Father, I thank you for the price that you prayed that we could walk victorious. Guys, I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been encouraged. Stay tuned. We're sending out devotionals. We're doing all sorts of things just to keep in touch with you. And I hope we can be back together again soon uh, for our 9.30 a.m. service. Be blessed. Remember, if there's anything we can do for you, um, please reach out for us. We're here to serve you guys. We love you so much. On behalf of Pastor Chrissy and myself, have an amazing day.